All right, ladies and gentlemen, week four of college football is upon us. Uh, fantastic week. There's so much to cover. We're not even doing storylines. We are just going to dive right into it. We're going to get to talk about all of the big matchups this week. Huge, 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 huge slate for college football this week. So if you're not excited, get fucking excited. This week's <laughs> going to be amazing. So let's let's just we're just going to dive into it. First big game of the week, Florida State at Clemson, noon kickoff. Florida State's minus two and a half, over under is 55. Uh, Mike, I'll let you start when your thoughts on the game, and then I got I got some pretty reasonable but strong takes. Um, yeah, I was. I think early in the week I was concerned with. Uh, I'm not concerned with Florida State's performance against BC. Um, that was one I, I was complete loser on that one. I should have seen the red bandana game coming and the look ahead spot coming. That was a stupid play. Um, but. It doesn't necessarily concern me that they slept walk through that game at Chestnut Hill. Um, I think that they'll be up for this game. I think Clemson might really be staking a lot uh, on, on this game because this is kind of their season, you know, for not for all intents and purposes, but really for what they set out to accomplish at the beginning of the year. If they don't win this game, it's sort of over. Um, they they would have a real yeah. uphill climb. I, I mean, not really, because they would only have one con- – well, no, they would have two conference losses. Um, so they would need some help uh, from Duke and some – or really from Duke losing to get into the ACC title game. Um, and even then, they're not going to get in as a two-loss conference champ in the playoff, not this year with some of the teams that will be ahead of them. Um, so Clemson needs this game, I would say, more than Florida State. Um, that being said, I just don't think – that they have the horses to do it. Um, I I still trust what Florida State put on tape against LSU, especially considering the way that LSU looked this week. I, I just think I I have come around on Florida State as the real deal this year, um, and I think Clemson is a less talented team than LSU. This should be a win unless Florida State just pees down their leg. Um, so, yeah, I – FSU was on the card for this week, minus two and a half when I drive to Virginia and bet legally. Um, <laughs> they will they will be my play for this game. Um, Travis's injury, like I said, doesn't concern me. He played the rest of that game, and it seems like he's going to be good to go. And I just I trust their playmakers in that offense more than I trust um, Clemson. Should be a fun one, though. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Uh, I agree with you. I, I want to go so far as to say I don't think Clemson's a very good team this year. Um, I, I think the Duke game kind of showed a lot of weaknesses in what they got. And in the intervening time, like, they've they've beat up on teams that are just, you know, not Power 5 teams. I think this is going to be a real, real disappointing loss for Clemson. I think they're going to come out and get shown, like, one, I think, Florida State has been slept on a little bit, and myself included. I didn't even have them in like a top eight this year. Um, I, I just think they've been playing real well, um, probably showing us that they're here to stay, I believe, at least for this year. Um, so give me Florida State minus, minus two and a half points easy. I, I, I don't see Clemson making a New York Six Bowl the way they've been playing. I really don't think that they're like Did a you quality say a New count. York Six Bowl? Uh, New Year's six. Jesus, <laughs> it's been a long day. I got like four hours of sleep. 
That would be funny if all of the bowls were played on New Year's Eve in New York and then they <laughs> all drop, just make yeah. everybody in the city miserable. Anyway, <laughs> Clemson, uh, I don't think is a very good team. So I'm going to, I'm going to take Florida state in good weather too, um, at, at a noon kickoff. So, so give me Florida state on this one. Uh, do you, th- I mean, what's your take on Clemson? Do you really think they have any, do you, do you see them in a New York six? I know this is off the cuff, but. Uh, no, New, not and it just said it again. New- Cause I don't think <laughs> I thought you did it on purpose that time. Um, I, I don't, I don't see them being in a new year six bowl because I don't, unless like they slot in, in the ACC spot in like the orange bowl. Um, I, cause I don't see them beating, uh, I don't see them beating Florida State in this game. And then they just have – there's too many landmines the rest of the year um, with teams that are competitive or will be competitive against them uh, the rest of the way. They still got to play Notre Dame. They still got to play NC State, I believe. They still have to play um, North Carolina. They they go to Syracuse, which was a pesky trip for them last year. Yeah, they go to – after this – game you know uh, assuming they lose it they go to Syracuse get Wake Forest at home go to Miami and NC State back to back uh before getting Notre Dame at home yeah, yeah if, and then they two weeks later, they, play if they don't win this if they don't win this game you can't tell me that you think they're gonna go undefeated through the rest of that stretch that's no, that's not at all a tough schedule yeah. yeah that's that's three ranked teams aside from Florida State you have in the next eight weeks but all three of them are in the latter half of the season. So, yeah, that's not easy. I, I, yeah, I that's, don't. That's not counting North Carolina because then they get, so they go Georgia Tech, then North Carolina. Granted, North Carolina's mm-hmm. at home, but yeah, they have, it's not easy. And then the last game of the season is at South Carolina, a game they lost last year at home. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I don't, I, I don't see them as a very good team this year. I think this is certainly a rebuild year. And I don't, I don't, I don't love Klubnik. You know, I, I, it, he doesn't strike me as a, he's had a, too many, He's had way too many chances to prove it, and he hasn't done it yet. I, I think right. this is this might be the nail in the coffin for Kid Klubnik has potential. Um, after this game, I think everybody will just realize he is what he is at this point. Yeah, Kid Klubnik will be in the transfer portal. As <laughs> maybe not really, but um, uh, well, I mean, the only thing is like he's not going to get booted for somebody else because Dabo no. doesn't take transfers. Yeah, and I mean, not only does he not take transfers, but he's, you know he's very reliant on recruiting and I don't know that he had done the best job in the intervening years since they last won um, just by where they ranked, honestly. Yeah. And um, I mean, like assuming he's got to, if club not going to be there, that would assume that there's somebody behind him. And by all, I haven't heard any whispers of anybody behind club That's a threat to his job. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So it should be interesting. Maybe we uh, eat crow on this one and FSU gets crushed, but I think FSU kind of takes this one pretty handedly. Uh, next game. So Oregon is playing Colorado. Oregon's at home. Uh, Colorado is plus 21. Line open at plus 15. Over under is 71 and a half. Uh, 330 kickoff. We'll start with, let's start with the beginning. First of all, that Colorado game last week was amazing. We know we weren't going to do storylines. We did want to talk about it, though. Like 1 a.m., Colorado, Colorado State going to overtime. I think 9.2 million people watched. One of the most watched games in college 
non-college football playoff history, I guess is a way to say that. Um, so one of the highest rated games on ESPN ever, or maybe the highest, but f- fantastic game. Big takeaways, Colorado finally got some of their weaknesses shown, although they did come out with the win in, in double overtime. And uh, I mean, Mike, what were your thoughts from the game? Um, I, I think that the spectacle got in the way of Colorado's performance. I, I when you have like the rock and little Wayne and like yeah. both day shows. And um, I, I just think maybe the kids weren't as focused on the game as they could have been. Um, the only other takeaway I had was that kid should have been, should have been uh, ejected for the hit on uh, Travis Hunter. And I really think, you know, there's been a lot of press about now he's receiving death threats and Dion had to come out, which is crazy. Like, yeah, if you're doing that, that's insane. But yeah, it's it's also like I to a certain extent, I thought in the immediate aftermath of that game, Colorado State probably should have suspended him for a game for his own good. Um, Just because I think part of the vitriol is that nothing happened to rectify the situation. Uh during the game. I mean, they did get two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties on that game, but the kids, the kid still gets to play and Travis Hunter's in the hospital. Um, uh, and besides the fact that he got smoked by Jimmy Horn jr. On the touchdown that, um, set up the, the game tying two point conversion. That was the only repercussions he had during the game. So like, if you don't punish him after the fact, if you're Colorado state, you almost look like you're condoning it, which I don't think, anybody really is at the same time. No, not I, that's not to say that like what happened in the aftermath is justified at all. Um, you're like, no, nobody should take anything like this that seriously. Um, but I do think that Colorado state could have done that kid a favor by imposing some sort of punishment to sort of acknowledge the wrongdoing without um, suscepting the, the kid. I mean, he still would have gotten online hate no matter what. Right. But like, if you at least take some action to, to, to acknowledge what it was, then everybody sort of moves on and there's a little bit more of a just outcome, at least um, on the whole. Yeah. And I, I think it's tough too, because it's not like there's a league office like the NFL where you have a bad hit. If it goes to injury timeout, the league can take a look at it, right? It's just the officials on the field. And I think by rule replay can't even come in and be like, Hey, that looked really bad. So you're really just straight up relying on the judgment. Yeah. Unless it's targeting, they can't come back. I I don't think and say, no, he deserves to be ejected. The only other, maybe if punches are thrown. um, Correct. If yeah, any strikes is, is, which I know. Yeah. I know happened, uh, you know, after the fact from uh, Florida, Tennessee, which was very funny. Also, how was Joe Milton not suspended? <laughs> I I have I have no idea. I have. Did no you idea. see that clip at the end of the game? He's they're in a full like dance fight. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. And and three players got suspended, including the dude trying to fight Joe Milton, but Joe Milton isn't. Like, I guess they're tough. saying he's defending himself, but that that was crazy. Yeah. Anyway. In any case, uh, and then so on the flip side of this, Oregon has not been having the worst year of the, their lives. They're actually ranked. I mean, they're ranked pretty high. Obviously, you're heavily favored in this game by 21 points. Uh, last week, they they crushed Hawaii, covered the spread easily, faced Texas Tech a little more difficultly, uh, only won by a touchdown and, and a, a two-point conversion. But what um, – what I, I think the takeaway here is, is do you think Colorado without Travis Hunter, who will be out for the, like, I believe it's two to three weeks. Um, 
do you see Colorado able to overcome that and cover the spread? Or do you think Oregon's going to kind of show Colorado that the Pac-12 is still like there are still some real good teams in the Pac-12? I think covering the spread is one thing. I, I think they absolutely can cover the spread. I don't think you can you can watch what Colorado's done so far this season and say that in any circumstance that Colorado you can't make this yeah. a ball game. I, I think it's just very tough uphill sledding for Colorado to go to Oregon without one of its best players. And, and I think and pro- probably its best player and make this really a game. It's going to be tough. I don't, th- not that they can't do it because we've seen them do crazy things before, but I think it's a really tough ask. And I don't think anyone would blame them for not being able to, to make this a ball game. Um, yeah. And I would, I would add to that, you know, off three already huge wins that uh, many of which were either emotional, i.e. TCU and showing the world that you're here or overcoming the hump of, Hey, we're down multiple scores, come back, tie the game, go to overtime, win the game. So I think that's tough to do two out of three weeks and then go travel to Oregon and just play a top 10 team, you know, missing your best player. Yeah, ideally you would have built a little bit more to this as the crescendo, whereas it feels like emotionally this team has already hit so many highs that it's like it's really difficult to keep up the – the emotion and the intensity of the games that they've already played throughout the course of this year. I mean, I think that there's a chance they, this, they still cover this spread, but it's never really a ball game. Um, So I'm not, I don't have a pick here. Um, It's just more, I I don't know. It's going to be, they, they would have to, I, I think, there's a chance it gets ugly if Oregon jumps out to a quick lead and, and there's just like Colorado has to try to find a way to come back again this week against a much better team that can keep scoring. Um, I think if Colorado is going to win this game, they have to score first and just keep their foot on the gas pedal and try to outrun uh, Oregon through this entire game. And, and as far as, I mean, it would have been nice. I think the, the, the Travis Hunter injury and all of the, the, you know, everything that happened with that, mm-hmm. I think really takes the intrigue out of, you know, Dan, some of Dan Lanning's comments when he said that he didn't care that Oregon was, or uh, Colorado was leaving for the big 12 or big 12. Cause they don't, they have never won anything, um, which people forgot he said. And I think um, he would be getting a lot more questions about that. If the focus yeah. was on that, uh, Travis Hunter injury. So I, yeah. Can they cover? Yeah, absolutely. Can they make this an actual game? Possibly, but I I think it's probably not likely. Um, I, like I said, I I don't have a pick against the spread here because I think 21 is a lot of points for the way that Shadur has proven he can score. Um, So I, I, I stay away from this one. The total is astronomical. Um, and so I, I just, I'm not going to feel comfortable laying it. I think they, the intrigue here is just watching this game. Um, I'll stay away from it, but it, uh, it should, it should be a fun watch. Um, I don't think that this one will necessarily be the most compelling, uh, of the massive slate we have this week, but, uh, we've been wrong before with Colorado. Correct. Correct. I will say, so my pick for this is the over, this is just a, if I see 72 in college football or more, 
I have to take. You, you just have to put money on it. I'm doing it. Uh, I will say, if Colorado shows themselves to be a lot more competitive in this game, this, this, that would be the worst situation for Oregon because Oregon itself does not has probably one of the toughest schedules. I mean, so does everybody in the Pac-12. But after next week, when they play Stanford away, this is Oregon's schedule. At Washington, who's ranked 8th. At Was- uh, Washington State at home, ranked 21st. Then Utah away, Utah's ranked 11th. Then they play Cal, who's no walk in the park. Then they play USC at home. And then they have Arizona State away before finishing up with Oregon State, Oregon. Uh, um, uh, tough, tough schedule. So not that there's a two-week look ahead, but if you're Oregon and you stumble here or you don't come out of the gate firing, I think that could set up real issues for Oregon down the stretch as you're looking at such an intense schedule, basically compacted you know, game to game to game to game. So I think the Pac-12 is going to beat each other up. I think this is Oregon probably starting off a little stronger. I don't hate I wouldn't have hated laying like 13 and a half. 21 seems way too high to not trust Colorado to maybe get a backdoor. I think like around 16, I think you could say like you'd feel a lot more comfortable around uh, about an Oregon uh, number. It's just 21 so many points. And like, you know, I I think Dion is really on the shitter for Heisman train. So, you know, they're going to keep throwing at the end of the game. Like you could feel this could be the right play in Oregon or uh, Colorado back towards this. Um, yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking it. And the important, important thing to note too, on Oregon's schedule is they get Stanford next week, but then it's a, it's a bye week, but then it, all of the teams that you just mentioned are. In ah, yes, yes, teams. it is a bye week. Yeah. But, uh, but after that when starting with Washington, which uh, you can make the argument right now that Washington has been the best team in America. Um, yeah, that's, that's something we should talk about if they, and, uh. I mean, like, legitimately, the way their offenses look, they've been – I think – I saw a stat today, courtesy of Tom Fornelli, that uh, Michael Penix is completing uh, throws over over 25 air yards, I think, at a 52% completion rate, which is the highest in the country. Uh, The average is 35%, and he's doing it on the third most attempts. So, like, he is hitting deep balls at a historic rate, uh, at a historic... He's like Steph Curry of <laughs> playing quarterback right now. Let's not get too far ahead of him ourselves. Their their opponents have been Boise State, Tulsa, and a I'm aware, Michigan State who've recently fired their coach. I know, but I am saying it, it is it is about... That, I think that helps illustrate how impressive they have been through the air. And that's like, yes. it, it's one thing to beat those teams. It's another thing to keep doing it the way that they're doing it, which is just overwhelmingly through deep balls. And so the Oregon-Washington game will be very interesting. But I think, but the bigger point there is going forward, Oregon's scheduled after the bye week is a consecutive who's who right in a row uh, of the uh, – Pac-12 besides UCLA. Yep. So it's uh it's no cakewalk, but I do think I think Oregon wins. I I think Colorado puts up a valiant effort. I don't think anyone I I have a hard time seeing them come out and lay just a complete egg. I I think Colorado will 
will be mentally in a us versus the world situation somehow in this game, and they'll put up a valiant effort. But I just don't know if they, without Travis Hunter, do they have the horses to to stay in this game the full sixty minutes? I I think that's a really tall order, and I don't think it's a any fault to Dion if he comes out of this game with a loss. I don't disagree. Well, you mentioned UCLA. Let's move to our next game. Uh, UCLA at Utah, three thirty kickoff. Utah is minus four over under is fifty one. Um, I've been high on the Utes. So I think everybody knows I'm probably picking the Utes. Spoiler alert, I am. <laughs> uh, I will say last year, this was the game that Utah kind of stumbled, if memory serves. Yes. Um, where, you know, they were looking like they might be making the college football playoffs and then they lost to UCLA. Then it kind of stumbled a little later down the season. Uh, it still finished out the year strong. But um, what do you see? I mean, First of all, give us your pick, Mike. And then, do you what do you see like either a key to the game or or something you see that maybe I could switch my pick here because I I, I think Utah is just a better team. Um, I am gonna take UCLA. My we haven't gotten word that um that Cam Rising is definitely gonna play. Whittingham's doing Whittingham where he uh. He is not being very transparent on the status of Mm. Cam Rising. I think if Cam Rising doesn't play, the only thing that you have going in this game is at Utah, and UCLA will be starting a true freshman uh, at quarterback and Dante Moore. Now, one of the best freshmen in the country, um, but a true freshman nonetheless. So that's the only thing that scares me here. Um, But I have not been impressed with Utah's quarterback play and neither has the Utah coaching staff because they've they've resorted to running essentially a wildcat with their third string quarterback in lieu of um, the two quarterbacks they had playing against Florida. So the, the Baylor game wasn't promising. They bounced back against Weber state. I think this week. Um, Yeah. 31 seven. Yeah. But I, who cares? They didn't even cover the spread. So yeah, whoop de do. Um, and so I could see this where this flips the exact opposite way. The other thing here, I, it's, um, I know the games in Utah. Public uh, tickets are on are fifty eight percent on Utah. Seventy nine percent of the cash is on UCLA. Yeah, um, I did see that. So it's that's that's the other thing that's ringing in my ear is that that the sharps are on. UCLA to um, to make this a ball game. Now they are catching four on the road, um, which to me is what also separates this. If this was much closer to a pick'em, I would feel a lot better about Utah. But the fact that this is over a field goal for a team that might not really have a quarterback, I know they're at home. I know Rice Eccles is a tough place to play, but it is during the day. Um, it's not at night, and Correct. I. Utah at night is something different, man. Yeah, and they, there's some. Boobies. It feels like they play different. Yeah, some witch doctor shit that goes on there. So I, um, I, I would say that that's what's pushing me towards UCLA, and I think with the points, it makes it a lot easier to to justify it in your head. I think this could be a game where, if Dante Moore is truly like one of the best quarterbacks in this incoming freshman class, he has like a not a. Uh, 
I've arrived game, but uh, he performs a lot better on the road than most people expect. And UCLA finds a way to win this game. I don't hate it. I, I'm just going to add to what you said. I think Cam Rising is a fantastic quarterback. So here's what I'm going to do because we don't know. And we've been duped on this like multiple times this year where they're like, oh, he's he probably is coming back. And then he's, he's just not ready. Um, I'm going to put a half a unit on this Utah minus four in hopes that Cam Rising plays this game. I think if he doesn't play this game, I think UCLA wins outright. So I will wait. And if Cam Rising isn't playing and they're still plus money line UCLA, I might do an opposite middle where I take them <laughs> UCLA money line. Um, or see how the spread turns out and maybe just actually middle if somehow it, it uh, shoots up. Um, but uh, I don't I don't hate the evaluation. I do think Cam Rising is a very, very good quarterback. It does scare me that this is not a night game for Utah because uh, they just do – they really do play different. And it does scare me that, you know, it is college football, so we're not entitled to know uh, whether the, the you know, players are injured for how long or what their status is. So, it, yeah, it's tough to not know on this bet if Rising's playing against a good Pac-12 team. So, And Chip Kelly always seems to screw me when I bet for or against him. So, um, True. Um, the only thing yeah, that – Yeah, we are following other... – go on. No, sorry. The only other note I had here, uh, 98% of the cash is on the over, despite the fact that um, Utah hasn't allowed more than 13 points this year, and two of those games were against P5 opponents. Um, I, I don't I don't really get that one. but uh, I think it's because – well, here's what doesn't make sense, right? That's the over-under. And Utah doesn't have a quarter. Like, if, if Cam Rising doesn't play, they're playing a running back, a quarterback. Correct. Actually, this under might not be the worst pick now that we've talked about this a little. I will say UCLA is very good at scoring. Um, they turn the ball over quite a little bit, but uh, they're, they have, what, 700, 800 passing yards through the air in three games. Um, so not nothing. And they're getting about 10 yards per attempt I'm seeing here. So, I mean, it's there, right? The passing game's there to get the points. Um, but Utah is a good defense. Um I, I don't hate that under. I, I might lean this under, and if, if we don't really get a good update, I might take the under. But I think it should be a lot of fun uh, for this game. This is also two undefeated teams. So, like, you know, we're looking at a schedule, Colorado-Oregon, two undefeated teams. Like, there's a lot of these games coming up uh, this week that are going to be great. So keep yeah. keep an eye on it. Don't get fixed on Alabama-Ole Miss, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, uh, you know. Put up, put up the quad box on YouTube TV or some shit. We're not sponsored, but uh, should be a lot of good games. Sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. I'll take free Red Zone as a sponsorship. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on to the game I just mentioned. Ole Miss at Alabama. 330 kick. Um, Ole Miss is plus seven. The line opened at plus 15, so you have missed out on quite a bit of value if you're trying to bet Ole Miss. Over-under is now 55-ish. It opened at 48.5. So the line has moved in favor of Ole Miss, uh, and the line has moved very high in the over direction. I I think Alabama's bad, Mike. I think they're a lot better. I, I I think this might be an unpopular opinion, but they are a lot better with Jalen Milrow. And Milrow is starting again. Um, I, sh- I should say this. Alabama's offense is very bad. Alabama's defense is fine. Alabama's yeah. defense is, is a good unit consistently 
holding their opponents. For the most part, Texas the exception uh, to very few points. Alabama, though, looked awful, awful this week against USF. They looked awful against Texas. Like, I, I texted you this, I believe, but people who sold me on Alabama preseason or tried to, they didn't succeed. Like, I want answers. <laughs> I want stakes. I want a congressional investigation as to what was happening because Alabama has looked awful. They've looked like a shell of themselves this past two weeks. As... And I, I think for as of right now, I, I would say confidently that they are not in the discussion for college football playoff at all no i mean they've got to they they still have a chance to enter the conversation especially with the way georgia looked the last week as somebody who has been high on alabama i could tell you what happened is the offensive line is not doing what we expected the offensive line to do i i think that might be the bigger problem because you know we going into that texas game i said that i thought that Alabama would win that game by establishing the run, by being the more physical team. And they mm-hmm. were defensively up front. They were very physical. They just couldn't get to Quinn Ewers. Um, but even last week, they they have not been able to run the ball. And and last week may have been a little bit, sorry, more deliberate because they were trying to figure out if they had another quarterback. And in order to do that, you have to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I, they have not been able to establish the run in the past two games. And that's what we expected this Alabama team to be able to do. I think this might be the week that it shows up. And and I think there are some rumors that Milrow didn't handle the benching after Texas well. And so last week, Milrow wasn't actually... QB three, he was suspended um, without anybody knowing. Um, I do like that tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. I think, I think there's a chance that this is the game where, and it's just more like I can't, I can't keep just, I, I can't keep saying, I don't think Nick Saban because I think one of these games Nick Saban's going to show up, and Kiffin's been talking a lot um, about how he thinks somebody else is calling the defense, not Kevin Steele. And he's been putting, you know, trying to play mind games with Nick Saban. And I think, so I think there's a very real chance with Milrow coming back, he, Tommy Reese and Nick Saban have a heart to heart and they just say, forget trying to throw the ball and be the offense that we have had the past five years with four NFL quarterbacks. Um, we are going to run the football down their throats. And and there's a chance that happens in this game. And, and I – so I lean Alabama. I'm not going to take it just because it's one of those where I have to see it happen first. I, I've been burned too many times this year. Um, I said too many times once. Uh, <laughs> picking Alabama when I thought – and I didn't even take them in that game. Uh, I just took the under. But um, – but I need to see it happen. But I, I think I would not be shocked if this is the game where Alabama comes out and Jalen Milrow throws the ball like 15 times and they win by two or three scores because they just because like as much as 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 down as everybody is on Alabama this week, what has Ole Miss shown us this year that makes us think that they are the more talented team besides the 15 next to their their name on the AP poll? 
Like they they struggled mightily to beat a two-lane team that didn't have its starting quarterback. Um and they have not looked good in their other non-conference games. So, like, they they gave a 23 to Georgia Tech last week. I'm sorry, they beat – I'll give them credit. They beat Mercer 73-7. to So, they look good in that game. Woo-hoo. Not saying much, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> woo Yeah, because I, I can make – Oklahoma put up more points against an FCS opponent – or, sorry, a, a, a G5 opponent than Miss, Ole Miss put up against an FCS opponent. So – yeah. Um, yeah. So I did like seventy-three to seven against an FCS team. We don't know anything from that game, but thirty-seven to twenty against a two-lane team that didn't have its starting quarterback, and that scoreline is not indicative of how that game went because that game was tight the entire way. So Correct. it's just to me, it's more. I get it. People are low on Alabama. They haven't done anything to show us that they they're capable of being the team that uh, I you know people who were high on them thought they could be. But I also. I don't think this Ole Miss team is necessarily the team that's going to put the nail in the coffin for this season for Alabama. And if it, it might just take one game to get them right. And all of a sudden they just, they rattle off a bunch of wins. So I have a lean, not a pick for this one, which I hate. I hate doing that for the games we talk about like this. I'm actually going to lean Ole Miss plus seven. And look, I'm low on Alabama. Obviously I've just said it. Um, I, I will say what has impressed me about Ole Miss is their front seven. Um, I think they've played very well up front. Uh, I think their defense is good, and I think if you have a struggling quarterback, getting to that quarterback obviously is is pretty critical in disrupting the offense. And if you can disrupt the offense of Alabama, you like this under might be like <laughs> we might have a final score with less than fourteen points or something, right? If it really turns out that way, but. My point being, I think Ole Miss can keep it inside the number. I I would have loved to have locked it in at fifteen and a half. Didn't see that, but yeah, um, <laughs> that those are numbers that like you only get if you're in Vegas on Sunday morning at ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I I don't hate, uh, you know, Alabama altogether. I just think the offense has not shown me something. I lean this under uh, conference opponents. Alabama's offense is not explosive. Ole Miss, average SEC offense, but Ole Miss's front seven did did kind of impress me. Uh, watching the two lane game, watching I know I peaked some highlights about Mercer. Um, you know they, they're aggressive up front and they can get to the quarterback. So I lean the under and I lean the plus seven just because I think the Rebs can can keep it with inside the number. If we woke up on Sunday morning and it was Ole Miss Rebels are undefeated, it would not appallingly shock me. Um, that's just how bad Alabama's kind of looked. And maybe maybe this is going to be me eating crow and they turn around, they crush, you know, uh, Ole Miss and they look like the perennial contender they always are. But I, I do think Ole Miss here actually has a bit of a bit of an advantage coming off of maybe a limping Alabama at home, midday games. So you're not getting that night feel, you know, Alabama's had not really done so well. I would certainly say that loss to Texas really hurt still, still probably. So give me, you know, Ole Miss on the lean plus seven. I understand uh, it. Yeah. I, and, and look of the games of this slate, I think this is, this is, this might be the least entertaining. Yeah. Um, I would agree with that. I think this will be a closer game than probably Colorado, Oregon. But I think if you turn into this game 
it could be like seven to 10 in the third quarter. And you'd be like, Oh, I haven't really missed much. I probably missed one large run from Alabama and a, you know, 80 yard drive down the field. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it a rock fight. It might just be like a stalemate. Yep. Yep. Like let's see who's got the better punter and yeah. just flop, flip flop fields. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, Oregon state, Washington state, our first seven evening, 7 PM game. Uh, Oregon state is uh, minus three over unders 56. Uh, these are two of the back 12 teams that we're talking about that are kind of flying under the radar. Oregon State has been pretty good this year. They're the only uh, they're the only Pac-12 teams left. I did see a meme where it was it was like I'm the coolest guy here and it was just the <laughs> Oregon State logo like <laughs> this oh yeah, this is uh, the Pac-12 championship in a year by the yeah. way. <laughs> so, it, this should be a fun one if only for that. Keep that in the back of your mind. Um Obviously, we hope the Pac-12 survives, but the likelihood is minimal. Uh, Mike, do you have a lean? Do you have a play? What are you thinking for this game? I want to believe in Oregon State. I I do, too. I do, too. It's just, it's Pullman. And it's going to Pullman in a, it's not even a look ahead because, like, they have Utah next week at home, but this is a ranked team, and Cam Ward's been really good, so, like, you can't. Um, you know, you can't just look past this game. At the same time, this could, it's not necessarily a letdown spot, but Washington State's coming off a win. Uh, what was that, two weeks ago? The win versus Wisconsin? Yeah, they had a game in between. Sorry, never mind. They put up 64 in Northern Colorado. Um, so it's, uh, it's, I, I think Oregon State's a better team. I think DJU is playing really well. Um, yeah, I was going to say, DJ's kind of – I hate that I do this all the time with college quarterbacks, but, like, DJ looks pretty good. I mean, they just – they run the ball while they've 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 had a great offensive line. They have a really aggressive defense. Like, they have all the pieces to say, like, this team is severely underrated, but this is also a prime spot for them to walk in and just get, like, ambushed by Washington, a Washington State team and a quarterback. And that's the thing is, like – if it was a Washington State team that was like pesky and there were going to be some special team shenanigans, I'd be more confident in Oregon State. But Cam Ward's a legit quarterback, and it's correct. It's easy to see a world where he comes out and just has the game of his life, and they win this game, you know, running away. And Washington State leaves knowing they have they missed an opportunity to really put themselves into the Pac-12 title conversation. Um. So. I I lean Oregon State. I can't take it knowing that this game is in Pullman. And I think this will be a really fun game. This should be the game, or you should definitely have this on a screen in the night window. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just Especially when it starts at 7 and every other kickoff's about 7.30. Yeah, I can't take it with enough conviction to roll with it. I can't either, and I'll say why. Uh, next week is, is Utah. This is this is like you don't have a look ahead against a ranked team, but you you kind of have a look ahead here where Oregon State plays away at Washington and then they fly home and play Utah on a Friday night. Uh, I think that's tough. I lean Oregon here, but I I'm not sure I'm going to take them. Um, I don't hate the over fifty six. Seems like a regular like interconference game, maybe a little bit of a shootout towards the end. Uh, you could probably start out slow and see these kind of teams 
picking around the defenses uh, with two good quarterbacks, maybe a bit of an established run game at first and then start to open it up. Um, I, I still lean Oregon State um, minus three. I just, in this spot, I don't want to take it and, and feel like a dummy knowing they got a look ahead and they get they lose or they maybe they don't cover. Um, so I'll, I'll lean the over, lean Oregon State. But, yeah, I agree. I, I think two great quarterbacks, like two mm, great, two very, very good college quarterbacks in what is probably slightly underappreciated league uh, or conference, rather. Um, so I, I think it'll be a fantastic matchup. I don't know that you're going to feel confident either way. Because in the flip side, Washington State could come out and just be the worst team. They could be ranked 21st versus Oregon State's 14 for a reason. Um so, yeah, I, that's why it's a lean, not a play. But I think this will be a fantastic game. I'm really looking forward to it. It's fun to see the Pac-12 all very good and all play. Yeah, and you could also see a world where Washington State comes out, tries to throw a haymaker early, and they just miss. And Oregon and lay State an egg after weathers that, yeah. the storm, and they just take off after that. So, yeah, I don't think you can feel very good about either side of this. I will say if Oregon State sneaks out with a win – and Utah finds a way to beat UCLA, I will be all over Oregon State next week. All over Oregon State next week because I I think that that is a bad matchup for Utah. I think they mm-hmm. are a team that plays about as good a defense as them and has a way more potent offense. Um, so, I yeah, looking ahead to that game next week, this like if that game were this week, I would be all over Oregon State. And it would probably be at a – it would probably be closer to a touchdown favorite for Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be all over it because I, I think that's a way better matchup. But it's just – it's going to Pullman and with a quarterback who can score for Washington State and Cam Ward that, that scares me for laying the number for Oregon State. I like it. I like it. All right, next game on the slate, Iowa at Penn State, 7.30 kickoff Eastern time. Before we get into this, and I'll start if you don't mind, Mike, because this plays into it. Uh, there's two big factors you got to consider. 25% chance of rain, about 7 to 10 mile an hour winds. Iowa's defense is a fucking nightmare uh, to, I would argue, even some professional. I'm not saying they beat an NFL team, but I'm saying if you put them against certain offenses in the league, they might freak out and be that good. I'm going to take a parlay here. I'm going to go under 40 and a half and Iowa plus 14 and a half. I think Iowa's defense is going to stifle Penn State. I think Penn State probably comes out with a win here at home. But I think 14 and a half is way too much to cover in what could be, you know, heavier rains, higher winds, making it harder to throw, you know, nice weather out 60 degrees. But I think you add those into some field conditions, maybe a tough as nails front seven gives you some trouble. I don't know that I see... Penn State covering 14 here plus the kicker and I certainly don't think or and I believe this could be under 40 Um, I also don't hate the idea if this weather starts to look worse and worse in the week if you sprinkled Iowa money line if that defense is that good and Penn State really can't get off the ball like Iowa could just straight up win off of special teams and defense like they did last year a bunch of times so give me give me Penn um, sorry give me Iowa plus the points Uh, give me that under and maybe even a bit of a sprinkle. We're on opposite sides of this. I'm not taking Penn State. I lean Penn State, but I'm taking the over. Um, 
Okay. Yeah, so 70% of the cash is on the over, 54% of the tickets. Um, Penn State overcame a, a very good Illinois defense to put up 30 and cover a 14.5-point spread last week on the road um, in a game that it felt like Illinois invested a lot into. They come home to a night whiteout against a ranked uh, Iowa team. This is the whiteout game, which is crazy because they do get um, – Michigan at home later in the year. That's but, aggressive. Okay. Maybe uh, they wanted to win their whiteout game for yeah, the first time maybe. in a couple years. They, they, it feels like every time they play like a Michigan or Penn State in a whiteout game, they lose it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, they it's their whiteout game. They have put up 30 in every game, um, 30 or more. And Iowa, for what it's – you know, their defense is always good, but they haven't held any of their opponents to less than 10 points. Um, and that includes two uh, G5 opponents in Utah, uh, Utah State and Western Michigan. Utah State's not very good. They are not a, a Mountain West contender. Um, so I, the other team they played was Iowa State, and they, they gave up 13. And, and Matt Campbell was trying to fight fans after losses to Ohio. So <laughs> um, so I like their defense is good. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But if they're not – they don't look like the same invincible defense that um, – they have had every year and add in the fact that Ferentz has to keep scoring points to uh, have the option to keep his job um, or really yeah. uh, to his contract terminates is the term. So he could always be brought back, but uh, in order to guarantee that he keeps his job, he needs to keep scoring. I add all that up to, um, I could see a world where this this gets to a similar score that Penn State uh, got to last week, which was 30-13. That would cover 40. Um, so I I see a world where if Iowa keeps this, McNamara's not going to be he, – he's won there before. So McNamara's not going to be necessarily intimidated. I think if you get a couple touchdowns from uh, Iowa, but Penn State stays somewhere around the number. 14.5 feels a little rich. That's why I lean Penn State, but I'm not going to take it. Um, but I do think the over hits here. I think at some point Penn State puts their foot on the gas late and you could see this somewhere around like 27 to 14, somewhere where Penn State doesn't cover but hits the number. Um, so, yeah, I, give me the over. Um, I, I think that I'm not as concerned about the weather. I think if the weather holds up, this this has a chance to go over even such a low total. All right, you know what? I'll take them. Uh, I'll take Iowa on the points only. Uh, I'll cut out the under. I, I didn't hate what you talked about there. You kind of talked me out of it a little bit. Where I could see, like, I mean, you really just need two college football plays in a game like that to. Yeah, even a, even like a defensive touchdown out of Iowa helps get you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I think it'll be a good game. I think Iowa might not win, but maybe surprise a little people with how well they play Penn State. I think so. They usually get yeah. up for those teams. I, I also think it's very unfortunate that that detail in his contract got leaked because that's all that anybody talks about when they talk about Iowa. Um, I, very people don't talk about Iowa. They just talk about the contract. Contract. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Not yeah. wrong at all. All right, we're finishing up with what we hope will be the best game of this uh, slate so far. Um. Ohio State, undefeated Ohio State, is playing undefeated Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Line opened at Ohio State minus 7.5. It's dropped to minus Ohio State minus 3. Over-under is 55.5. 
Um, no real weather concerns. Five to seven mile an hour winds at Notre Dame. 80 degrees out at night. 7.30 kick. Uh, you want to go first or second, Mike? Um, I, I mean, I'll go first, but I'll be brief. If you would have asked me last week, I would have taken Notre Dame plus anything. Um, this week, for some reason, I I don't know. Uh, I have no leans. I have no picks. I my I, that's that's not right. I lean. I actually lean Ohio State. I don't know why. I think like Harrison and Egbuka have looked like the guys they are supposed to be the past couple games. Now they've been playing nobodies, but. I just I think that there we we keep we kept saying we needed to see Notre Dame do it against a team that had dudes on the outside. And so that that is where this game it feels like is going to come down to is it, Ohio State's defense has looked really good. They were really good up front against Indiana. Um and so if Notre Dame can't establish the run which they have been able to do against everybody they've played including NC State um, but that, again, I go back to that game got so weird with the lightning delay that like, I don't know if you can put complete and total stock into that win. And if you can't, then there's a chance. No, if Notre Dame can't establish the run, I don't know that they're going to be able to win on the outside consistently. And so Sam Hartman's going to have a lot tougher time. I, I get it. The game's at Notre Dame, their home dog. It makes a lot of sense. But I think there's a chance that one of Harrison or Igbuka could take this game over. McCord's looked a lot better, obviously, like I said, against worse competition. So I lean Ohio State. I'm not going to touch this game. I am going to sit back and watch the spectacle unfold and take solace in the fact that I had no read on it beforehand. Uh, I'm willing to declare that I now believe in Sam Hartman and Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame Moneyline. Uh, I think Ohio State has not played very well. I was shocked to see the line open at seven. I was even more shocked that it wasn't Notre Dame that was favored. Uh, I think Ohio State probably has skated by a little bit. And look, I could I, this is this is like a, I'm going out on a limb here, but I, I I'm looking at numbers, man. I don't see Notre Dame any worse than Ohio State. If you look at the numbers, I mean, no, no interceptions in four games, uh, you know, equivalent amount of sacks given and, and, and taken essentially same yards per attempt on, on passing. And you go to the rushing game and Notre Dame is able to establish the rushing game. They have twice as many granted. They played one more game, but they have twice as many almost yards as Ohio state does have on the ground and an additional 40 attempts, which is, a little more means they're running the ball more than Ohio State. I think you could see a, a world in which if Notre Dame jumps out in front, you know, because they're having a good mix of passing and running, it might be hard for Ohio State to catch back up just because Notre Dame's going to have, you know, if they're successful on the ground, they're going to have control of the clock. They're going to have control of the ball. They could just run it into their, run it down Ohio State's throat. If and I think they have the offensive line to do that. I think they have the quarterback to make that possible because of how good, you know, they can adjust and they can play. I would be a little surprised here if if Ohio State won by more than you know the 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 line, let alone won at all. Um, so I'll take Notre Dame money line at plus one forty. Um, you know, and and enjoy this game just as much rooting for for Notre Dame, who I'm not a homer on by any means. If if you've ever listened, I've I've typically been very anti Notre Dame because of historically their performance in in the college football playoffs, but. Um, 
you know, I think they could, I, I think they could beat Ohio state here. The only thing I'll say is that does put a little bit of a dampener on a yet another undefeated Ohio state playing an undefeated Michigan at the end of the year. Um, but I think Michigan is far and away way better than Ohio state this year. So I think Notre Dame can actually take it to them. I think, I think we'll see a Notre Dame victory here. Uh, let's get to picks. I only have two other picks aside from what I gave out. Um, so uh, my, you, you go ahead then. Okay. So these are very two like basic ones. Maryland minus seven and a half uh, at Michigan State. It, I mean, Google search Michigan State and you can find out why I'm picking this. Teams in disarray tend to stay in disarray. Maryland's undefeated and a good team. Maryland might sneakily be like pretty darn decent. Um, so give me Maryland minus the touchdown and, and a half a point there. Uh, against Michigan State, who's going to struggle. And then uh, give me uh, Hawaii minus three at home, 11 uh, midnight kick against New Mexico State. You know, New Mexico State's flying to Hawaii. Hawaii's still playing for the for the home turf. A little windy in Honolulu on uh, Sunday night or Saturday night, excuse me. Um, but I'll take Hawaii minus, minus three, um, finish out the day, uh, root, on, root on the uh, – Warriors, Mike. Um. Okay, I have a significant amount of plays outside mm. of uh, <laughs> outside of uh, the ones that we already talked about. Uh, Friday night, NC State minus nine and a half. They're going to Virginia. Virginia's horrible. Um, Brennan Armstrong. Add it to my card. Add it to my card. I forgot. I'm I'm, I'm betting against uh, Virginia every single week this week or every yeah. single week uh, this year. Oh, sorry. Uh, let me go back. Um, because I meant to bring this up last week. Uh, last week I went seven and four overall. I I tried to go with my stats, um, 24 and 14 on the year, 63% up 10 units. Um, I am not, I'm a very humble person and trust me, I don't expect this to last, but I am on somewhat of an extended heater. Um, and I feel like I'm seeing the sport pretty well right now. Um, so with that said, NC state minus nine and a half, Virginia's really bad. Uh, they've already changed quarterbacks. Brennan Armstrong goes back to Virginia. Um, I think he'll want to show out in front of his old fans. I don't think it'll be like a, I want to rub it in because he tr- he was a grad transfer. He transferred because he want, wanted to prove himself as an NFL prospect. Um, Virginia's offense is terrible. NC State's defense is still pretty good. Um, Virginia's not going to be able to score. NC State needs to put up probably like 21 points to cover this number. Um, they should be able to do that. Give me NC State minus nine and a half. We talked about Florida State minus two and a half. I'm taking uh, the Oklahoma Cincinnati under um, fifty eight. Uh, I that I'm sorry. I was looking to make sure that that is still the number, the market number. Um, the I there's only split tickets on the public. Seventy two percent is on the under. Seventy two percent of the cash that is. Um, games at Cincinnati, so Oklahoma might not score as many points as they are accustomed to scoring. But even if they do, uh, I think there's a chance Cincinnati just isn't going to be able to score very many points in this game. Um, given a total at almost 60, Oklahoma would need to do quite a bunch, quite a lot of heavy lifting themselves. Um, and if Oklahoma State or if Oklahoma stumbles at all in this game, which they did at home against, uh, I think that was SMU, where they barely covered the spread at 15. Um, mm-hmm. I think they only scored 26 points. And so Cincinnati is a better team than that. So I, I think that there's a chance 
Uh, the cover three guys have talked about this, that Dylan Gabriel doesn't finish the season as a starter. Um, Jackson Arnold does, uh, who's their true freshman uh, five-star quarterback. All that to me adds up to give me the under here. Um, this isn't a look at spot to Texas. That game is in two weeks, um, but it's the first road big 12 game for Oklahoma this year. I think there's a chance they come out a little slow. 12 o'clock kick back on East Coast time. Um, if they sleepwalk at all, I think this under hits. So I like that number. Uh, we talked about UCLA plus four. I'm going to take Kansas minus nine. They're at home. They catch BYU. Um, BYU just in a letdown spot. Like this is this is don't think, just throw. BYU coming off a huge road win at Arkansas. Uh, they go to Kansas. Jalen Daniels, as we talked about it, he put up 35 against a good Illinois defense. It only gave up 30 to Drew Aller. For as much mm-hmm. as for as much credit as Drew Aller gets, uh, Jalen Daniels was even better against the Illinois defense. So um, I think BYU is still not that great. I think they caught a bad Arkansas team. Um, so I like Kansas to cover ten here. I, I think there's a possibility this game is another cakewalk for Kansas. Um, we talked about Iowa, Penn State over forty and a half. Uh, UNC minus eight. This goes against my normal logic with UNC, which is just if they cover, don't take them the following week. Then once they don't cover, take them the following week. Um, it's a pretty simple formula. And for the two years that I've been at this school, it works out pretty well. However, Pitt just went on the road to West Virginia and lost the backyard brawl 17-3. Phil Jurkovic is not a good quarterback anymore. I don't know what happened to him. He must have had some sort of lobotomy, but he is not good anymore. Uh, they are not going to be able to score in North Carolina. North Carolina has been very consistent offensively. I've seen Agreed. a lot of guff about um, – Drake may not having as good a season this year. Uh, and he hasn't, he has four touchdowns and four picks. He threw two awful picks this week, um, which I was not happy about, but otherwise he threw for 411 yards. Um, he has done so. And granted um, McCollum is not on this graphic, but Drake may is currently, according to PFF, his PFF grade is 88.9. That's 25th out of all quarterbacks in the FBS for a down season uh, for Drake may. He is playing with pass catchers that rank no higher than 64 uh, on the PFF grading scale and one offensive lineman that ranks above a 60. Um, he is not getting a lot of help. And nope. so I uh, I think that he's doing the best with a less than stellar supporting cast. I think they were relying a lot on Tez Walker um, in the offseason. And when that didn't pan out, that really threw off the, the operation of this offense. Even still, Pitt's defensive line is pretty good. I think UNC will have a trouble running the football, but I don't think Pitt can score. And so I like if Drake if UNC can get to twenty seven, they'll cover eight because I don't think Pitt will be able to score. They run a pro style offense. It's not very exciting. They're going to try to run the ball the entire game. I don't think it'll work. Give me UNC with the number. My two unit play of the week: Washington minus twenty one at home against Cal. We talked about it earlier. Washington is a wagon. W-A-G-O-N wagon. They're very good. Yeah. Uh, Fernelli put the wagon label on them. I completely agree. They've been fantastic this year. 21 points at home against Cal. Um, they should still cover this number. I know it's a lot of points. Don't think, just throw. That's what Michael Penix has been doing all season. He's going to do it again. Um, they should cover this number, uh, laying it with two units. Um, this is another letdown spot. Memphis plus five and a half. They are going to uh, Missouri. I believe that game. I, I know they're playing Missouri. I just need to make sure that game is at Missouri. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, 
Missouri coming off the most emotional win of, uh, well, maybe not more emotional than Colorado, but kicking a 61-yard field goal to win the the game as it expires is a pretty damn emotional way to win yeah. off a ranked team. Um, Memphis is 3-0, and and so uh, they're going to Missouri coming off a huge win before they go into conference play. This is a classic letdown spot. I love Memphis in this spot. They, I don't know if they win outright, but I, I think that five and a half is a nice solid amount of points. They can sneak in under the number cover. And then my last one is Texas minus 15. I'm ping-ponging on Texas. Let down spot last week, two weeks till the uh, Red River shootout. They go to Baylor, but Baylor is not good. Um, they don't have Blake Shape, and I think he's still injured. Um, Texas three and but one and two against the spread. I like them even more in this spot. I think there's a chance Texas wins by like 30. Uh, so give me Texas minus 15. Those are my picks. I love it. I love it. Well, we, we have covered what I think is a pretty healthy slate of college football this week. Very excited. Very, 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 very excited. Uh, go ahead, like, and subscribe. Thank you for listening again. This is the best podcast to get your, Uh, Look ahead for the next coming week of college football. I'm Alex. That's Mike. Thanks for tuning in and listening.